Welcome to Calvary Chapel Irmo's weekly verse-by-verse Bible teaching. Join us now as Pastor David leads us through Romans chapter 14, teaching us about matters of conscience in the Lord. Father God in heaven, we praise you, Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. Yahweh God, you are our Lord, our God, our King, your creator of the universe, your Lord of all, and your Lord of our lives. And we thank you, Lord, that you rescued us and you've given us this new life. We're alive because of you, Lord Jesus. Inside of us, it's an amazing, awesome thing. Lord, thank you for this time of worship. And prepare our hearts now as we get into your word. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, amen. Well, this morning we're in Romans chapter 14. We're looking at scruples. Now, who who knows what scruples means? Scruples are our differences. And I want to go ahead and give you the thesis of Romans chapter 14 up front so you can be thinking about it. It's about having unity within the body, and at the same time, we have disagreements. Not over biblical mandates or theology or the essentials of the Christian faith, but on secondary issues. On secondary issues like uh, smoking, buying a lottery ticket, uh, what day do we worship on? Uh, The church at Rome was having this very issue and God knew that people within the church today were going to have this issue. So he, that's why he gave us Romans chapter 14. So that we could understand our differences within the body and have unity. And as I go through some of these things today, some of you guys, you can be very opinionated. You're going to have deep, deep convictions on one side or the other. And it's supposed to be that way. But at the end of the day, we have unity within the body. We have unity within the body. Uh, despite the differences on these secondary issues. So turning your Bibles to Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. You guys there? All right. I, see, I hear enough amens. Let's look at it. Let's, let's read the first six verses. Romans chapter 14, verse 1. Now accept the one who is weak in faith, but not for the purpose of passing judgment on his opinions. One person has faith that he may eat all things, but he who is weak, eats vegetables only. The one who eats is not to regard with contempt the one who does not eat. And the one who does not eat is not to judge judge the one who eats. For God has accepted him. Who are you to judge the servant of another? To his own master he stands or falls. And he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person regards one day above another. Another regards every day alike. Each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it for the Lord, and he who eats does so for the Lord, for he gives thanks to God. And he who eats not for the Lord, he does not eat and gives thanks to God. What we have here before us this morning as we've come to Romans chapter 14 and our verse-by-verse study through the book of Romans is matters of conscience. Now, I'm going to ask some questions, and you keep a tally in your head on where you stand on this position. Is it okay for a Christian 
to stop and buy a lottery ticket? Is it okay for a Christian to have a glass of wine or a cold beer with their dinner? To what degree do Christians participate in Halloween? To what degree can a Christian participate in Halloween? And the one that hits us every Christmas, what do you do with Santa Claus? What do you do with Santa Claus? Now, if I was to take a vote and you were to write all those down, I would, I would pretty sh- I'm pretty sure it, it, wouldn't be, it would be divided because we have different convictions on different things on secondary issues. But these things, that, these questions I just asked you, these are what I call matters of conscience. And, and the question is, where do you stand? Now, most of the time when you, when you ask somebody where they stand on these issues, the first thing they want to do is they want to break out their Russell Crowe gladiator outfit with their swords and their medals, and they're, and they're ready to duke it out and have sword fights within the church. Because that's one of the greatest, the biggest games, uh, competition in the church, is trying to convince people of your position on secondary matters. And we quote all these Bible verses, and we talk about it, but we, we try to get in those. But before you put on your Russell Crowe gladiator suit and start ready to prepare battle. Oh, he's going to talk about some things that I feel very strongly about. I want to to flip that. I want to ask you two questions. And my sermon, my message this morning, my teaching, is going to center on these two questions. The first question is, and and this is what I want to minister to your hearts this morning, is how do you feel about people with different positions? That's the big question, is how do you feel about your brother or sister in Christ who thinks and believes differently on these secondary issues. And the second question, which is even more important, is how do you decide your matter of conscience? Because we can see in Scripture, a matter of conscience is an opinion. It's an opinion that you form in your mind based on your reasoning. And I'm going to ask you, how do you decide yours? How do you decide yours? So, y'all ready to get into it? Let's pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for your word. God, As we go through this passage, um, teach us, Lord, how to embrace one another in grace, to walk in unity, and help us to understand our differences. In Jesus' name I pray, Father. Amen. Amen. All right, context of Romans chapter 14. The Christians at Rome are having differences of opinion, and it's starting to cause division. So Paul is writing Romans chapter 14 to them. And the three issues that they were dealing with there at Rome was eating meat, sacrifice to idols, observing special days, what day do you worship on, and drinking wine. The first one, eating meat, sacrifice to idols, you had, you had, you had the Jewish born-again Christians who said, this is non-kosher food and I am not touching it because of the Levitical Old Testament law. Then you had the Gentiles, then you had Gentile believers who were part of these pagan practices, part of these pagan temples where the meat was sacrificed to idols. And now they're saved, they're born again. And they're like, I ain't having nothing to do with that meat sacrificed to idols. And then you have other believers who, according to Psalms 24.1, says, um, the earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and all those who dwell in it. And there's nothing that's unclean. So they were having division over that. The second one, observing special days. The Jewish Christians, believers in Jesus that were Jewish, they wanted to worship on Saturday. The Gentile Christians 
wanted to worship on Sunday. Why? Because Jesus rose from the grave on a Sunday morning. And then you have other believers who say, every day is a day of worship. I kind of fall in that. I think I fall in that category. Every day is a day of worship. Don't get me wrong. There's something very special about Sunday. But every day should be a day of worship. And then finally, according, if you look at verse 21 in this chapter, uh, we believe that drinking wine was an issue. There were believers at the church at Rome who had witnessed the destructive power of alcohol and said, that stuff will not touch my lips. I will have nothing to do with drinking alcohol. But then you had other believers in the church at Rome. Well, God created the grape. He created the fermenting process. And I'm going to enjoy me a nice glass of wine with my dinner. So they were debating on these issues. They were having issues. And Paul gives them this letter. So the first question I want to ask you this morning is, how do you feel about people with different positions? Let's take a look at it. I'm going to give you, we're going to divide this message into two parts. The first question is, how do you feel about people with different positions? And I'm going to give you two principles there. And then I'm going to ask you, how do you determine your matters of conscience? And I'm going to give you two principles there. So let's take a look at it. Verse 1, chapter 14. It says, Now accept the one who is weak in faith, but not for the purpose of passing judgment on his opinions. Now the first thing it says here, it says, Accept the one who is weak in the faith. Who is weak in the faith? He's not talking about people who are weak in the essential doctrines of, of, of Christianity. He's talking about people who see things differently than the way you see them. They have different convictions on secondary issues. That's who he's talking about here. And then it, it, the, the word at the very end of this verse is where the, this passage gets its title from. It says, but not for the purpose of passing judgment on his opinions. His opinions. If you have an NIV, it, it uses the word disputable matters. And what this is, this is what we believe on things Scripture does not specifically address. Thus, we get the title, Matters of Conscience. Now, we're not talking about biblical mandates. In, in Scripture, you have biblical mandates, and you have matters of conscience. Biblical mandates are directives. Matters of conscience are, are places where um, things that we do that Scripture doesn't specifically address. I want to give you some examples. A biblical mandate is, do not be sexually immoral. Do not be sexually immoral. We're called to keep our sexual purity till we get married. That's a biblical mandate. A matter of conscience is we're dating. Is it okay to kiss? Biblical mandate uh, that Jim taught on two weeks ago. Pay your bills. A matter of conscience. Is it okay to get a loan? Uh, biblical mandate. Don't be conformed to this world. That's what the scripture says in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Do not be conformed to this world. A matter of conscience. Is it okay to listen to secular music? See how we can start slicing and dicing this thing? And, and I bet if we polled you guys, there would be differences of opinion. But according to verse 1, the first principle on matters of conscience when it comes to people with different positions is this. You've got to accept them on these secondary issues. That word accept means you welcome them, you receive them, and you don't divide. You don't divide over secondary issues. 
um, you practice, you do Santa Claus, I don't. We still have fellowship, okay? You know, these secondary issues. Me and Irene raising Emily and Daniel, we, did, we didn't teach the kids about Santa Claus. Uh, we, we um, you know, it's about Jesus. It's about his birth. It's about his glory. It's about who he is. Christmas is all about him. But we have, we have friends that love the Lord, devout Christians, and, and they taught their kids about Santa Claus. We have fellowship, and we don't break over that. We accept one another. We walk in unity when it comes to that. So the first principle is on secondary issues, matters of conscience, is we've got to accept one another. We've got to welcome and receive one another and consider that a secondary issue. Let's look at the second principle, um, dealing, with different pe- dealing with people with different positions. Verse 2, one person has faith that he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats vegetables only. The one who eats is not to regard with contempt the one who does not eat. And the one who does not eat is not to judge the one who eats, for God has accepted him. Do you see what he's saying there? We can have differences of opinion on these secondary issues, and we can both be right before the Lord. And we can walk in unity. And the second principle on matters of conscience when it deals with how we feel about other people is this. We don't judge. We don't judge. The first one, we accept people, and then we don't judge them. We can have differences of opinion on dancing and going to the disco. We can have differences of opinion on having a cold beer and drinking a glass of wine. We can have differences of opinion on Santa Claus and what we do with Halloween. But we don't judge one another. It says in there in verse 3, look at, look at verse 3. The one who eats is not to regard with contempt. That word contempt means to despise, to look down, or to condemn. We can't on secondary issues, guys. We all come from all different walks of life and upbringings, and there are certain traditions that we keep with us, and we have to embrace those. Remember, we're not talking about theology. We're not talking about biblical mandates. We're talking about the secondary issues. We've got to walk in fellowship. We've got to have unity. That's the whole point of this chapter. And, and we're not to judge. And look at verse 4. And if you have any doubt, in verse 4, Paul's going to drive it home. Verse 4, he says, Who are you to judge the servant of another? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand. For the Lord is able to make him stand. What he's saying there in verse 4 is, who do you think you are? <laughs> in a nutshell, who do you think you are? to verse, The beginning of verse 4, who are you to judge the servant of another? Who do you think you are? When it comes to matters of conscience, I am not accountable to you. You are not accountable to me. We are all accountable to God when it comes to matters of conscience. Now, again, i got to reemphasize this because we start talking about matters of conscience and we, and we start talking about sin. We're not talking about sin. There's matters of sin and there's matters of conscience. Matters of sin, we judge. We judge within the body of Christ when it comes to matters of sin. We judge, we hold accountable, and according to Matthew, 
Matthew chapter 18, we confront in a spirit of love and humility to bring that person back. So matters of sin, we do judge, we hold accountable. But matters of conscience, we understand that we have differences. And according to verse 3, it says there, we don't judge. We don't judge. Now this doesn't, this doesn't say in here, we can't debate it. <laughs> doesn't say we can't talk about it. Doesn't say we can't meet at Starbucks for a cup of coffee and, and, and wrangle over these things. I know a lot of you guys, I know me and Greg, man, we've had some good wranglings over, over subjects. But those are good and those are healthy. The Bible says, just as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another, even in areas of matters of conscience. But we can talk about them, we can debate them, but at the end of the day, we got to show grace to one another and keep unity within the body. Amen? Amen. So those are the two principles dealing how do you feel about people with different positions. One, you got to accept them. And two, you can't judge. Romans chapter 14 says it right there. Next question for you. Second half of my, my message is, how do you decide your matters of conscience? That word opinion, uh, it, it, matters of conscience, the word, it means opinion. It means what you've reasoned in your mind on these secondary issues. How do you decide those? Paul addresses that in verses 5 through 12. Let's take a look at it. How you decide your matters of conscience. You don't just get a free ticket. I, get, I just go decide whatever I want to. You need to take biblical principles and apply it. Let's look at it. Verse 5, how you decide your matters of conscience. One person regards one day above another. Another regards every day alike. Each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it for the Lord. Let me just stop right there and say this. I, I got I to insert this. Sunday is a very special day. It's not, like, it's not like Monday through Saturday. It's a day, Sunday should always be a day that we look forward to, a day of refreshing, a day of rest. It should be a, it is, it is a holy day. It's the day that Jesus, Jesus rose from the grave on a Sunday morning, and it's a special day in that we come together and have fellowship and we get into the Word. Sunday is not about football. It's not about family. It should be about God and His glory and, and, and seeking Him and, and stopping by and getting our, our, our spiritual um, nutrients and, 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 and like, stopping by, like, a, like stopping by a gas station and getting refilled. Don't let any, our culture is trying to just make all days blasé, seven days a week. But Sunday is a holy day. It's a special day. It's a day of reflection. Verse 6, he who observes the day and he who eats does so for the Lord. For he gives thanks to God and he who eats not for the Lord. You can see a, you can see a theme here as we go through these verses. Um, he does not eat and gives thanks to God. Verse 7, for not one of us lives for himself and not one dies for himself. For if we live, we live, there it is, for the Lord. Or if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. The first principle 
when you are deciding your position on matters of conscience is what? It should be who? It should be for who? It should be for the Lord is what the, is what the text says. You know, we need to ask ourselves, does this, my decision on this matter of conscience, does it bring honor and glory to God? Does, does it draw me closer in my relationship to him? Does my decision on this matter of conscience, how does it reflect Christ to the world? Because people see our matters of conscience and how we live. And how does it reflect him to them? Verse 5 says there, it says, we're to be fully convinced in his own mind. It says we're to be fully convinced. In other words, we're to have conviction in our mind and in our heart on those matters of conscience. How? How do you, how do you settle matters of conscience? Two ways. You search God's word. You find principles that can apply to this situation. And then you live them out. You find what the scripture says in general, and then you apply that to your life. Let's go through a couple. Y'all want to go through a couple? How about this, this first one? Is going to the movies a sin? I would say no, it's not. Unless it glorifies adultery and there's nudity and there's sin in the movie. And because what you look at with your eyes comes into your heart. You know, I, me and Irene, we make it a point before we go see a movie. And we've been X'd out of a lot of movies. We've gotten pumped up, excited. The movie's coming out. We go to Plugged In Online, and we see how many, see all the, the, the uh, how many times they blaspheme God's name. If there's, nu- if there's um, nudity in it, and we say we can't go. You know, I, I, I don't think a Christian should, I think it's a sin to go partake of a movie that glorifies sin, especially when it shows nudity and adultery. How about secular music? Is it okay to listen to secular music? You know, my, my position on that is, does it pass the Philippians 4.8 test? Does it pass the Philippians 4.8 test? Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report, report, if there be any excellence or anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. You have to ask yourself, we... Irene took Emily to the Carrie Underwood concert, and they loved it. They had a blast. And we're like, yeah, go for it. Have, have fun. You know, sometimes we'll listen to country music, but we listen to the lyrics. And as long as there's nothing sinful or, 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 or fornica- fornication messages, we'll, we'll listen to secular music. So I don't, I don't, I don't, it's not a sin to listen to secular music unless... It promotes sin. The same with the movies. How about having a glass of wine or, or, or a beer with your dinner? Is it a sin? I would say no, it's not. I would say no, it's not. Unless it leads to drunkenness. Or you become a stumbling block for another brother or sister in Christ. Or, this is the big one right here. This is the big one. Or if it's a replacement for Jesus. If we run to the glass of wine when we need to be running to Christ. So, is going to the movies a sin? No. 
You have, to, you have to judge it and look at it and see the content. Is listening to secular music a sin? No, it's not. Uh, as long as it's not glorifying sin. Is having a glass of wine or having a cold beer? I would say it's not. It's, it's not. Unless it leads to drunkenness or, 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 you, or you're become a stumbling block. Or if it's a replacement for Christ in our life and we go to that. How about this one? Lottery ticket. Is it okay for a Christian to buy a lottery ticket? I, I don't have a problem with it. I've never bought a lottery ticket. I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't see the problem with purchasing a lottery ticket except if you're spending your grocery money or you're spending your rent or you're wasting your money. Um, the, the scripture warns us in 1 Timothy 6.10, says, for the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. And some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Matters of conscience are not cut and dry. Do you, do you see that? That's the point in me asking you these questions. Matters of conscience are, are not cut and dry. They have to be considered carefully. They have to be dissected and, and weaved in and out to see if they're a sin or not. But our ultimate aim, our ultimate aim in matters of conscience is to glorify the Lord. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. I don't have a problem listening to country music. Me and Emily will be going down the road and she'll pop on some country music and we'll be jamming to, to Carrie Underwood going down the road. Um, and there's some other country music we'll listen to. And, I, and I'm fine with that. But in 1992, when I got saved, <clears throat> I, was at a, um, I was at a laundromat in Virginia Beach. I had just gotten saved. And I had to have a, I had to have a, um, uh, a funeral. I, I, I remember I was there, and I, I was wanting to pop a tape into my red Camaro. And I opened up my music, and it was Guns N' Roses, Metallica. Um, Guns N' Roses, Metallica, ACDC, Motley Crue. I had all that music, and I, I, I got out, and I lined them up behind the back tire, put it in reverse, and just crunched them all. I couldn't listen to that no more. I couldn't listen to that music no more because it took me to my past. It took me to my past. I couldn't listen to Paradise City and Appetite for Destruction and, and, uh, and uh, Welcome to the Jungle because it took me back to my old days. It was a matter of conscience. Is it a sin to listen to that music in and of itself? No, but it would take me back to my past, and I couldn't do that no more. So matters of conscience, you know, we have to weave through them methodically and carefully and consider them, but our ultimate aim should always be to glorify the Lord. So the first principle when it deals with your matters of conscience is this. We should do it for the Lord. We should do it for Christ. And be, and, and as the scripture says, be fully convinced in your own mind. You know, I don't think it's cut and dry on these. I think you have, to, you have to examine them and weigh them to see where you stand on these issues. But the bottom line, though, at the end of the day, Romans 14 within the church is we got to protect our unity by understanding that me and Sun June may have differences of opinion. He may feel this way, I'm, I may feel this way, but we're going to have unity at the end of the day. And we're going to have a nice cup of coffee and talk about it. <laughs> anyway, uh, verse 10. But you, 
Why do you judge your brother? Or, or you again, why do you regard your brother with contempt? For, for as it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow before me and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then each one of us will give an account of himself to God. This brings me to my second principle when you are deciding your matters of conscience. And that is this. It needs to be decided in view of eternity. Verse 11 there says, For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow before me. And then look down at verse 12. So then each one of us will give an account of himself to God. We will stand before the Lord in all his glory. And there won't be nobody else there. Your pastor won't be there. Uh, your family won't be there. Your husband, your wife, your children. It will be just you. you. And we will be held accountable for how we decide and how we live out our matters of conscience. Two questions. As I, as I was studying this text, two questions came to my mind. And, and how we decide in view of eternity is this. Does your decision on matters of conscience, does it bring you closer to Christ? Does it bring you closer to your walk with him? And secondly, is how does it present Christ to the world? We've got to be careful with that one. We've got to be careful with that one. You know, we have liberty. You have liberty to have a nice glass of wine or a cold beer with your meal, and that's your conviction, and that's fine. But we don't want to be a stumbling block to someone who doesn't have that conviction. I was part of Calvary Chapel Lexington for six or seven years, and I was involved in U-Turn for Christ. And every Tuesday night, I would go and I'd have a Bible study with these guys. Well, these guys had come out of um, drugs and alcohol, and it had wrecked their life. And for them, you know, alcohol would be a sin because it took them back to their old life. And it was a sin because alcohol had wrecked their life. So for them, you know, you would come to the conclusion that, that it's a sin and it's not. But for a brother or sister in Christ who doesn't have an issue, who doesn't have that past, and they want to go out and have a glass of wine, and it hasn't wrecked their life and, and, and their conscience doesn't condemn them, then they have that liberty to go out and do that. And we have to embrace one another and have, and have, have unity. Amen? All right, let's finish up chapter uh, 14. Verse 13. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore. You hear it? On matters of conscience, we have liberty to be different from another brother or sister, and we can't judge. But rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block in our brother's way. Be mindful of your matter of conscience and make sure you don't cause someone else who maybe struggles in that area to fall. That's what we don't want to do. For I know that I am convinced in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in, its, in itself, but to him who thinks anything is to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Again, there it is. Uh, we can have differences on matters of conscience, but both be right before the Lord and have our own convictions. For if because of food your brother is hurt, 
You are no longer walking according to love. Do not destroy with your food him whom Jesus Christ died for. Therefore, do not let what is for you a good thing to be spoken of as evil. Church, what he's saying there is don't be a stumbling block. Don't be a stumbling block. And if, and if, you, if people choose to be a stumbling block, they choose to flaunt it, they're not walking in love. They're not walking in love. I know believers, including myself, who came out of a long history of alcohol abuse. Long history, all throughout the 80s. And to me, I don't drink no more. Alcohol has no part of Pastor David's life. It has no part of our family life. No, 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 no alcohol. But for other people, they have that liberty. But to me, it can, be, it can become a stumbling block because it'll take me back to my past. And I don't want to do that. Um, we don't flaunt our liberty. You know, we, we, and it's not just in that area. I've been kind of harping on the area. It can be in different areas. I know that um, when me and Irene go to her mom and dad's church, um, they, they'll wear dresses. They won't put no makeup on. They won't wear earrings. Because at their church, they, they do not, women in blue jeans don't mix. And women in makeup don't mix. And women in earrings don't mix. And out of respect for her mom and dad, I, we don't have a problem with that. We don't have a problem with that at all. But out of respect for Mr. and Ms. Johnson, we, we, um, the, the girls will wear skirts and they'll refrain from their makeup. And so we, we, we don't want to become a stumbling block for those believers. So we adjust. Verse 17, I love this. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Look at this. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. Context here. What's he talking about? He's talking about scruples. The kingdom of God is not about scruples. It's not about matters of conscience. We have more weightier matters to be focused on than, than makeup and jeans and what day we work on or what day we worship and, and, and all these different matters of conscience. The, the thing we need to be focusing on is the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is not about matters of conscience. It's about the biblical mandates and pressing forward with the kingdom and evangelism and ministering to people's lives. You know, we're over here haggling about whatever matter of conscience you want to talk about, and we have a world that's lost and dying and going to hell. Our focus should be on evangelism and not on these scruples. Verse 18, for he who in this way he serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. This is how we serve Christ. We have unity on the matters of conscience and we focus on what's most important. Verse 19, verse 20, do not tear down the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are clean, but they are evil for the man who eats and gives offense. It is good not to eat meat or to drink wine or to do anything by which your brother stumbles. The faith which you have, 
Have as your own conviction before God. And happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats because his eating is not from faith. And whatever is not from faith is sin. Our matters of conscience should flow out of our relationship with Jesus Christ. That's where our matters of conscience should, should come from. And we're going to have differences of opinion. But the thesis of Romans chapter 14, the thing that I want to drive home to you, if you're taking notes, is this. Uh, we don't divide over non-essentials. We don't divide over the non-essentials. We have unity. We have unity over those. And, and, and we, we don't nitpick one another on those things. Because those aren't the big issues. The big issues is, is advancing the kingdom of God, is, is evangelism, is, is outreach, is restoring lives and getting into God's word. And finally, the worship team can begin making their way back up. Our convictions on matters of conscience should flow from our relationship with Jesus Christ. In everything we say and do, we want to glorify God. We want to bring him honor. And on these areas, um, just got to show grace. Got to show grace, and, and we got to have unity so we can focus on what's most important in spreading the gospel around the kingdom. But when you're dealing with people on matters of conscience, you know, people are very opinionated, and people want to break out their gladiator suits and have sword battles over these areas when the scripture clearly tells us it says don't judge and accept one another on matters of conscience amen? amen amen let's pray father god in heaven i just pray lord over this area that if there's believers that wrestle in these areas you you've spoken through your word father teach us to accept and not to judge on secondary issues. Teach us to show grace. And that the Father, Father, at the same time, teach us to stand firm and drive our stake in the ground when it comes to biblical mandates and theology. Let us focus, Lord, on what's most important. And then let grace reign in these other areas. Lord, we love you. And we thank you for your word my first subject matters conscience. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you for listening with us. We hope this message has been a blessing to you today. We pray you too will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and be saved. If you would like to join us during our Sunday service, we meet at 10 a.m. at 110 Hunters Village Drive in Irma. If you would like to talk to a pastor or are in need of pastoral counseling, feel free to call us at 803-917-8792.